Welcome to the Jack and John podcast. I'm Jack. And I'm John. And we're on a mission to help you focus on Christ. The last time, Jack, we talked about Jesus is, and we went through all of the different names and titles, and we only touched the surface. Just We, we thought of so many after yeah. we were finished. Didn't mention the vine. Mm-hmm. Didn't mention beloved son. Beloved or son. The son whom I love. I know. You know, we just are we're failures, failures. <laughs> losers, losers. There you go. <laughs> we, we have to throw ourselves before a merciful God and beg. Well, he's our king and he's the king of kings. King. So maybe we could talk about That's that. Right. Yeah, I love this whole idea of doing Jesus is because Jesus is so much mm. and so many things to us. But we're going to talk about Jesus is king and what that means. Well, first thing I think of when you think of king is a royal lineage, right? Right, right. You think about uh, the fact that um, the Jews were going to be made into the people of God, and for some odd reason, they wanted a king like all of the pagan countries had Mm -hmm. a king. And so they wanted some royal lineage to start. Uh, with them so that they could have a king and Saul was chosen and he was not a great king. He committed suicide and did some things and David was the second king. So as we look at David as the second king of Israel and then we see Jesus in the line and lineage, the family of David, we now bring king uh, into the scriptures right. and then on place it upon Jesus. Now we're talking about king, but Samuel was sent to choose the prophet of God. The prophet right? Samuel was right. sent to choose the king, and uh, he was told God told him to go to the house of Jesse, right? Mm-hmm. Which, yep, yeah. and. To find his son, and he goes through all of his sons, and he's like, no, God's not telling me anything about any of these guys. Any, You got any other sons? And David, David was a shepherd boy. They didn't think was, of him. He was the youngest. He's the runt, you know? I mean, who, what, David? He's out with the sheep. Singing songs on his harp. So, and then, <laughs> and, but what did Samuel do to David? He anointed him. Anointed him. Uh, future king. Right. Saul was still king. Now, what does that word anointed translate? What does it mean? You tell me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this is the interesting thing. When you think of the word Messiah, what do you think of? I think of uh, the, I think of the uh, office of Jesus, that he was coming to be the Savior of the world, the Messiah. Savior. That's kind of the natural thing we think Savior. But you know what that word Messiah means is it means the anointed. Right, the anointed one. The anointed. And so when Samuel anoints David as king, that's God establishing his his kingdom, not just in terms of a physical lineage. But mm-hmm. what does he say about David? He says, he is a man after my own heart. Mm-hmm. That's where the real lineage comes from. Now, first verse in Matthew, it starts out um, with the genealogy of Jesus, and it calls him the son of David and the son of Abraham. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, that lineage that goes through, uh, through Joseph uh, is 
following all the way back through Abraham and through David. But it's more than that because it's also the spirit. Mm. Okay. David being the man after God's own heart because so many other kings fell off. So you're giving us a lot concerning our Messiah, uh, our King, our Savior Jesus. But when I think of just the word king, yes. or when I think of uh, a man uh, who would be a king of a country, uh, I don't sometimes have a lot of positive thoughts. Mm. And I think the reason is, is because uh, there's so much power, correct, right. in the office or in the position of being a king. And if they were the king, then whoever they were, uh, they had absolute power and authority, correct, right. in their kingdom. And they could be a benevolent, loving king, or they could be an evil son of a gun, and they could cause great misery to their people. Um, then the other thing I think of when I think of king is I think of uh, royalty in, in England, and I see kind of figureheads at sure. this point in time where they cost an awful lot of money and they do an awful lot of scandalous things, but they're really not too involved in government or ruling their kingdom. They're just figureheads. Am I right yes. there? Um, Jesus is none of that. So we have to kind of um, understand what a king is and what his position is, what his authority is, and how then that affects me and you and the people out there. How does the kingship of Christ affect us? Yeah. So... Uh... The kingship, I like to think of it in terms of what they were accustomed to in the ancient times. In the first century, yeah. You know, uh, and when I think about a king, I think about first, you know, Darius and uh, Nebuchadnezzar and those kings in the, in Persia. the ancient world. Yeah, in Persia and Babylon. Um, and, you know, when I was in college... Um, I, I took ancient history. Um, I, I minored in history, actually. And we're talking about um, those Persian kings. Um, you had to be a good and benevolent king or you were going to die. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, you had authority, but you also um, had people wanting your spot. Yeah. And so they did all kinds of things to guard their position. Um, and they surrounded themselves with people that they could trust. Uh, they distanced themselves from other people. Uh, you know, we know from the story of Esther that Esther was afraid to go in and approach right. the king. Why? Because if you were not invited, he could say off with her head. Right. Just it, like that. It, it could be a death sentence. Why was that? Well, it's because the king doesn't know what your intentions are if you're just coming in. You're th- immediately a threat to him. And so if he doesn't raise his scepter, the guards kill you or they drag you out of there and throw you in jail. Um, there were so many things that were set in place for you to be able to approach the king. And in fact, if you were invited in to the, the presence of the king, you weren't allowed to just walk up and sit down next to him and start talking. No, you you stand at a distance. You've got the, the guards in between. Um, and then before you would speak to the king, you would kneel. And in the, the Persian king, you would actually cover your face with your hand so that uh, you wouldn't smell your breath. Hmm. 
Um, it, it, everything was designed to keep that order and structure and protect that position of the king because the king was the authority. And so in that sense, I mean, Jesus is our authority. King's also ruler and judge. So to back back a little bit, when Jesus is born, right. when he comes into, into this world, uh, some interesting things happen. He, he comes and he's being hailed as king of the Jews. Yeah. The magi or the astronomers come. Some people call them kings from the east. And they present gifts to him and they worship him as king. Uh, Herod, the king of Israel at the time, feared him because now we're in your topic. Right. He's a threat. Uh, he was a threat to him. So he has all of the male children born under two years old mm -hmm. killed hope because he had heard that there was going to be this king of the Jews. Also, when he comes before Pilate, um, he comes and, and he's being accused of being the king of the Jews by the teachers of the law so that Pilate would be afraid of this king and, right, would take care of him, would crucify him for them. And then they put a sign on the cross and the sign said, King of the Jews. King of the Jews. So Jesus was the king. But there was a lot of things rambling around that kingship, that kingdom of Christ. He called himself the king, but he said, my kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. So he was a different kind of king right. than anyone had ever seen before. It's ironic because the reason why the, the Jewish leaders were pointing out that he's calling himself the king of the Jews is because they wanted the Roman governor to think of Jesus as a threat, a threat, as though he were usurping authority. And the reason I say that's ironic is because he's the ultimate authority. Um, but he's like he said, my kingdom is not of this world. Right. And he says, if it was of this world, my disciples would be fighting right, right now, um, and they're not. Now, that's not because Peter didn't try. He right you know, pulled out the sword, cut off the ear right. of the servant Malchus. Yeah, yeah, the servant, the, of the high priest. Mm -hmm. um, which I always thought was kind of interesting. He didn't go after one of the Roman soldiers. Well, you know, hey, come on, you know, priest. you don't take somebody you can lose to. <laughs> You go to somebody that's unarmed. I guess. <laughs> and I think he's trying to cut off his head, right? Right. How do you cut off an ear? Yeah. Like you, you try to cut off your head and you like duck. It's like a bad shot. <laughs> you, you duck know? and this like, <laughs> Oh, missed. Yeah. You know, that would have been a little more dramatic if uh, Jesus had put his head back on, you know? <laughs> he's put the ear back on. Yeah, that's you. funny. Yeah. <laughs> So, Just a thought. Um, we talked about the son of David, and that title um, is representative of Jesus as king. And he's called the son of David um, 15 times in the New Testament. And it's interesting to me where that occurs, because a couple of those mentions are two blind men. Hmm. Two, oh, yes. Bartimaeus. Two, two blind blind, and blind Bartimaeus. Yeah. They call him son of, son David. of David. And when he came into the 
city of Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, the first week, they they cried out, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Right. Hosanna, Hosanna son, of son of David. They were right. worshiping the son of David. Yeah. But Jesus said he is greater than David because David was still in the grave, correct? Right. And he's conquered the grave. So see the King Jesus, his kingdom is everlasting. He is a loving, benevolent king. And uh, he conquered the grave. He resurrected and he rules and reigns forevermore in his everlasting kingdom. Right. So that's pretty special. I just think it's interesting that the teachers of the law and the scribes could not see that Jesus was the son of David, but blind men could. (laughs) That's good. Blind men could see that he was the son of David. Um, Another was interesting is it talks about the Canaanite woman and her daughter. Canaanite woman's daughter was possessed by a demon. Right. And the demons recognized Jesus right. as the son, son of David. Son of David. Um, and then the, when the triumphal entry happens and Jesus is riding the donkey into Jerusalem and people are saying, Hosanna, what, what does Hosanna mean? What do you think of it when you think of that word, Hosanna? I'm not asking you for the meaning, but what do you think of it? Hosanna was a um, a word of praise, wasn't it? It means save us. Save us. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. we've I interpreted it that's as, right. that's why I ask it that way, because we've interpreted it as a praise. Right. Hosanna, Hosanna. No, they're save saying us. save us. Save us, Lord. Son of David, save us. And again, it's back to the whole idea of they wanted Jesus to save them from Rome mm. and establish an earthly kingdom. Right, right, exactly. And that's why when he's looking at Jerusalem and weeping over the city, mm. he said, you missed it. You missed you the time missed of your habitation. The time of your habitation. I'm here. God is here with you, and you guys missed, missed it, it because you're not even seeing the kingdom. You still think this is about Rome. Mm. Rome is nothing. It's interesting to me that even when they are entering into the city for the final week of his life, that James and John's mother comes to him <laughs> with a, a request. Did you and the make request, one of my boys the greatest? <laughs> and so then that starts an argument with all of the rest of the disciples. And instead of getting into the spirit with Jesus of what he's doing, they're arguing over who's going to be the greatest in his kingdom. When he comes into it. So they're thinking, hey, here it is. He's coming in. Uh, the war is going to start. He's going to take care of that. We're going to be ruling reign by next week, baby. Which one's going to be on the right side of Jesus? Isn't that amazing? I just imagine Jesus doing a face palm and shaking his head. It's like, <laughs> what in the world? I mean, I've been with you guys three years. Yeah. What? All right. Which, uh, how about which one of you is going to be hung upside down from a cross? Yeah. And which one of you is going to be beheaded? And you don't get it. The kingdom is bigger than Rome. It's eternal. This life is temporal. All the stuff that you're dealing with, the things you're fussing over, it's not even going to last. You know, the kingdom is so much bigger. You know, here we are 2,000 years talking about stuff that is uh, 
a faded memory. We're looking at archaeological digs. We're not. You don't go to Rome and see the Colosseum in its bright and shining right. glory. It's it's a ruins. Rome's nothing. Mm. The kingdom of heaven is so much bigger, and it's here now, and it's going to come. Um, it, it's it's kind of an already but not yet, because we're living in the presence of Jesus. But we're not living in the fullness of that presence. Right now, we see through that glass darkly, and then we will see fully. And Mm -hmm. even as we're known fully, we will know fully. Mm. Yeah. So Jesus is king. He's uh, he's the authority. He's the the ruler. Um, And when we get to heaven, the Bible talks about the throne of God and the throne of Christ that sits you know, central in heaven and that uh, angels, cherubim, seraphim, saints, the elders are all around this throne worshiping and praising God forever and ever as the great high king of heaven. Just an amazing scene to just think about. Uh, Yeah, it's going to be majestic and wonderful. Uh, in the in the Psalms, one of my favorite psalm, it kind of it kind of gives us, I think, a, a hint of that future time. Uh, in and it talks about worship and praise, and it says, "Who can climb the hill of God? You know, uh, who can get to the the throne? Who can climb up to the the mount of God? Uh, he, it is He who has clean heart, clean hands. It is He who has washed His." hands and his heart in the blood of Christ, who has been cleansed of their sin, who now approaches the throne of God. And honestly, I don't understand this, but then rules and reigns with him. I don't deserve that. Mm. that that's grace un, un, uncontrolled. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even understand. I, I'd just be glad to be a part of the of the throne room of God, being in His presence, worshiping Him eternally. Paul does this amazing thing in in his writing, and that is that he'll throw in some little introductory phrase that just blows you away, because he'll say, "Now to Him who is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all that we could ask or imagine." Be glory and majesty forever and ever and ever. Yeah, that's that's the God that we're dealing with. Um, beyond all that we could ask or imagine. You know, I've heard from somebody, a preacher said one time, that the greatest government that you could ever be a part of is a benevolent king, mm-hmm. is a loving king, which is exactly what our life is going to be, lived under a loving gracious, benevolent king who has all the power, all of the authorities to sustain and give eternal life and yet love and be gracious to us who are undeserving of any of it. What a great king. Amazing. Amazing. Jack, you were talking about when Jesus was before Pilate Mm -hmm. and they talked about Pilate asking if he's the king of the Jews. One of the things that Jesus um, says here, he says, so are you a king? And Jesus answered, you say that I am a king for this purpose. 
I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world. To bear witness to the truth, everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. So he was born to be the king. Are you the king of the Jews? For this purpose I was born. And I would say that there were false statements being made about Jesus. And he was being uh, railroaded to the cross. And the witnesses were corroborating their witness and lying, and they couldn't agree. And it was, it was just total lies. And when Jesus was confronted with the lies, he did not open his mouth. Uh, the Bible says, like a lamb before the shear is silent, so he opened not his mouth to those false accusations. But when Pilate asked him a truth, when he asked him point blank, are you the king of the Jews. Every time Jesus answered, every time he says, you have said, yes, I am. For this, I was born. Right. So he, he spoke to Pilate, but it was always to tell them that he was the king and that he was truth. And uh, that's his witness and testimony. Didn't have time to answer false accusations, but he always had time to say, yes, I am the king of all. That's just interesting to me. I would have hated to have been Pilate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what a, what a horrid situation, you know. And then his wife tells him that, hey, I had a dream about this guy. Yeah. You, you, you don't want any part of this. And then what does he ultimately do? Washes he hands. washes his hands. I wash my hands at this. You, um, couldn't, you can't wash your hands no. of that. Mm. No, but you know, uh, we're all guilty there because it's our sin that, that took Jesus Amen. to the cross. That's true. Yeah, it wasn't the Roman guards that, that mm. nailed him to the cross. It was our sin because he went like the sheep led to the slaughter. Um, the difference is he's not a dumb sheep. He knew what was happening. He knew why it was happening. And honestly... He's probably the only one there that knew why it was happening. Uh, even though he told his disciples days before, hey, this is what's going to happen. <laughs> they still didn't clue in. The only one know? that I see that got close was the thief the, yeah, on the well, cross. Yeah. He's the only yeah. one that got close. No one else. The disciples are arguing over who's being the greatest. This thief is looking at Jesus from a pretty close perspective. And he's yelling at the other thief, hey, this guy hasn't done anything wrong. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. kingdom. That's amazing. That is amazing. Uh, That thief had to have seen through Jesus to something. Yeah. Had to have seen something. That's amazing. That's there for us. We've got so many other things that we can (laughs) talk about. It's just, it's endless. It's, it's endless. Um, we're going to continue next time talking about Jesus is. Um, we may touch a little bit more on the business with him as king, uh, but we're going to get into Jesus is our high priest. That's a big uh, one. It is a big, a big one. one. Yeah. We love you guys. Thank you for being part of us. Thank you for reaching out to us. We'll see you next time.